Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. In the land of Nomnor, in the fires of podcast doom, the Normie host forged in secret, a master podcast to control all others. And into this podcast they poured their takes, observations, and opinions into one podcast to rule them all. It's Lords of November, an unexpected December with Fellowship of the Ring on normies like us. It began with the forging of the great rings. The ring must be destroyed. One does not simply walk into Mordor. I'm going to Mordor alone. Of course you are. And I'm coming with you. So be it. You shall be the Fellowship of the Ring. Right. Where are we going? You heard it up top. The ever-watching eye has cast its gaze to this podcast. We're trying to escape it. We're trying to get the one ring to destroy it, to save Middle Earth. Or Middle Podcast, because that's right. We're talking Lord of the Rings all month long in a special celebration, starting off here with Fellowship of the Ring, with your hosts, um, Pip Call In. Pip call in. Okay, okay I like okay. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amalgamation. This is what it works. Yeah, yeah. This is what popped into my head, but I have some reservations. So, um, Soru Mike the White. I don't know about the, the <laughs> subtitle. <laughs> you, you might want to make yeah. it the gray. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Jobo Baggins. Ooh, very mm, good. That's better. And this is Jake Olast. <laughs> nice, nice. There we go. Yeah, I guess it could be Mike Amir, but Long, I don't think I would make way. it into the next episode. Mm. Oh, that's right. Mm. Yeah. So, Fellowship of the Ring, right? I mean, first of all, you know, we do these big things every December. We've done Star Wars. We've done Harry Potter. Now it's Lord of the Rings time. And at least personally, like I'm a way, maybe not Star Wars, but compared to Harry Potter, like I'm way into this. So, I want to ask you guys, Colin, you first, like what's the history with Lord of the Rings? You know, we're getting it started. First episode of uh, Lords of November here. So, 2001 is when this motherfucking movie comes out. We're, we're going to get to all that. But, you know, just to contextualize mm-hmm. who I was as a, a little boy. I'm a, I'm a young man. I'm a young adult now at uh, 32, right? No, 20 years ago, guys. That's that's what we're talking about, right? So, that's right. So, you know, wow. I'm 32 now. 12-year-old Colin, he, he, he sees and goes like, oh, what's, what's this movie coming out? My dad, very excited. Oh, it's the it's like the original fantasy story. Like they're they're gonna do it right. I go, oh well, I should probably read it beforehand. We go to a motherfucking Borders books, which I believe Jacob shouted out was the back in the day thing in our Harry Potter episode where there, mm-hmm. there just weren't Barnes and Nobles yet, or maybe they absorbed them. Who knows? Whatever. Right. Got that big motherfucking tome that was all three of them together. And oh, I yeah. remember just peeling through it in like car trips. It was like my riding in the car book and loved it. Love these movies. They're a whole cultural thing. I wonder how much we're even going to get to in these episodes because it's such a big thing. But I'm, I'm Mike, I'm very excited to talk this. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. And again, to let the listeners know, uh, Lords of November and an unexpected December will be all three Lord of the Rings films and then all three Hobbit films. Hell we're yeah. starting, you know. With what came out first. That's why we didn't start with the uh, the prequels, as it were. Right. Um, Jacob, how about you? What's your history with yeah. Lord of the Rings? Um, you know, pretty similar to Colin. You know, I was a young lad of, of 11, 
And, uh, you know, when I was a kid, you know, we didn't have, we had internet, but it was very different. It was like, maybe you had a dial up modem in the living room that, you know, the whole family shared. <laughs> it wasn't like smartphones, that stuff. So I read a lot of books and stuff when I was a kid, not to get all like, oh, books, but like, uh, <laughs> books. You know, books used to be the thing. <laughs> uh, you know, so, uh, yeah, I got this, I got the, that same, probably the same, uh, copy of, of Lord of the Rings with all the three and the appendixes in the end and everything. And, uh, I don't even think I read it all because at that age I was just like, a lot of this is just going over my head. There's a lot of names, a lot of, uh, family trees and stuff, but, uh, <laughs> I would, you know, I would look through it a lot and I'd be like, damn, this is like crazy. Uh, I did read the Hobbit uh, when I was a kid as well. And that's a lot, uh, simpler. Of Did a read, you have to uh, read it in school? No, I just had a copy of it at home and, uh, and I read it. It's a great, uh, like children's book. Mm-hmm. Um, but so when this movie was coming out, I was like super hyped. Like basically, you know, we were kind of lucky growing up when we did, we got, the the Star Wars prequels and the Lord of the Rings like around the same time and like those were my two things and I was just like yeah so definitely love these movies and excited to talk about them as well that's pretty true yeah and we definitely planned to do this as the 20th anniversary of, of Fellowship that, mm. that was on our mind <laughs> when we set the Obviously. episodes up so we all know that Joe hates dragons what what do you what's your experience with Lord of the Rings show how do you yeah. feel about this uh, not really any dragons in this though. That's true. There are not a lot of dragons, but I think it will still come as a surprise to absolutely fucking no one that uh, Lord of the Rings is not really my bag. Um, But the the cultural impact, like Colin said, impossible to escape. I did not own any of uh, the books growing up. I had seen the animated Hobbit movie that I hated as much as I hated the Sandlot. Wow. Because those were just the Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings, or is that what you're talking about? I I thought it was just Bass. the Hobbit. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Rankin Bass oh. Hobbit. Yeah, I was talking about Which, the Ralph Bakshi animation. If everyone behaves, maybe we'll talk about that at the very end <laughs> of December. Who knows? Um, but no, I, I I hated that movie and the Sandlot because those were the hey, it's the day before Thanksgiving. Hey, it's the day before winter break. I don't want to teach. We're gonna watch either the Sandlot or the Hobbit. Mm. I I have a disdain for both of those movies now. Wow. Uh, wow. But. <laughs> the cultural impact of Lord of the Rings obviously impossible to escape. I did not own either one of the uh, the books that you guys are talking about, but I did have a copy of the Two Towers with the movie cover because after seeing this movie, I was Why? excited for the next one. So, right. uh, you know, I I'm excited to talk about them more than I thought I would be. I'll, I'll did you that. see them all in theaters, Joe? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, that's the thing is like even if fantasy wasn't your thing. These movies were everywhere. I mean, this oh, was yeah. impossible not to get touched on. Colin, my, I think my 13th birthday party was uh, going to see The Return of the King in theaters. Oh, and wow. It was God. great. And, and all my friends loved it. We Mom, had a blast. this is art. It's a future Academy Award winner. All right, Mike, <laughs> yeah. tell us, what is your relationship with the Lord himself? Yeah, so... Um, I read the books as as a kid, like in school, like I read The Hobbit, you know, I was interested in fantasy, you know, D&D. I've always, I like dragons, right? You all know this. So (laughs) I've I've been into the fantasy genre and stuff. So I I would, when they made us read books, I would pick The Lord of the Rings for kind of the book reports because I actually liked reading those. And I pretty much hate reading 
you know, if it's, if it's like prescribed to you. So I really read them as a kid, probably too early. Like the, a lot of stuff did go over your head. There's a lot of mm. politics and geography and yeah, you know, it's, the it's world building is so, so much dense. of it. Right. Yeah. So like Colin said, who knows how much we'll get into it. I think we're just going to have a love fest or a hate fest, depending on how much you like dragons. Um, but I love these books, but more importantly, I love the movies and I can attribute two series to me living in Los Angeles and that's Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. Without those two things, I wouldn't have been inspired to be interested in film and I wouldn't have moved here and specifically the extended editions, which if you're watching, I have my fellowship extended Remember DVDs still got all of them. <laughs> Amazing. It has like 27 hours of special features just telling you how they make movies. It's like free and, film and, school. And Mike, that opens up a new question I almost want to just even bring up here because again <laughs> I feel like we, we all just have read so many interviews just truly just yeah. like from what Joe's saying just growing up with it or like you're saying with special features how many making ofs have you watched of Lord of the Rings oh man so many like I said Endless. 27 hours well and this is the best one that's ever been done no yeah. special features has ever been that comprehensive honestly right? i think this is a sad thing about streaming nowadays no one uses dvds no one buys dvds anymore you miss every you miss the uh you know commentary tracks i always Funny like to listen outtakes. to those the behind the scenes you miss all that good stuff that used to be in dvds and that kind of makes me sad yeah, you know the some, other thing, some streamers are working their way around it. I think they're, like you're getting, you're getting some, some interesting stuff. But I'll yeah. tell you the other just cultural thing. If if we just even do the merch spotlight of talking about like the DVD itself, like this was the first 5.1 Dolby surround sound DVD oh, my father bought. Wait, were wow. your fathers all obsessed with surround sound at this point and going like, you can just hear the Enya so well. Colin, sit here. Can you feel the orc? He's like behind you on this side. He's on this side. And mm-hmm. Just going like, oh, man, sure. what are you talking about? <laughs> feel well, the orc, yeah, my, my dad, <laughs> feel the orc. Um, my dad was obsessed with surround sound and our house is kind of back in the middle of nowhere in the woods. So he could just blast it as loud as he wanted. He had these giant subwoofers. And I remember when Sauron dies in the prologue and it has that like the whole house with like the windows would shake. It was nuts. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. He had a projector on the wall. It was movie night, you know, Mm. it was cool. Amazing. So these are very important to me. And, you know, I have that DVD that Colin mentioned. I have all of them. I'll rotate them as we go. And I'm very excited to talk, you know, Fellowship of the Ring. I say we jump right into it, you know. We don't need to keep it secret, keep it safe. One does not simply walk into the podcast. We have to actually have one. So coming up next. Right. <laughs> let's do it. Okay. Okay. It's going to be in riddles, <laughs> folks. Fly, you That's fools. Right. <laughs> Any other? And my axe. <laughs> wow. We're back. We're talking the one podcast to rule them all because we're talking about the big one this week. We are talking about Lord of the Rings. We're starting off with the trilogy, like we said, of uh, Lord of the Rings. We'll do The Hobbit later. Starting off with the first one there, Fellowship of the Ring. Important to say, though, 1937, Hobbit comes out. J.R.R. Tolkien, just a... British Oxford badass, you know, just a a, 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 a linguist, a, a guy making who, languages, 
thought about the philosophy of fantasy and stuff and, and comes up with all this. I don't know if you guys are fans as well. Contemporary, literally working at the same college, friends with another one, C.S. Lewis. C.S. You know, Lewis. You, you literally have Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe happening at the same time as this shit, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, he fought in World War One, right? He was writing The Hobbit in the trenches, so there's a lot of geopolitics in his work, and it, The Lord of the Rings gets even deeper into it. Right. He's a very interesting guy, and he almost wrote the books as an excuse to make up languages so no one would make fun of him. Yeah, I always thought it was... Making up fake languages. I always thought it was interesting that like he cares almost more about the world building than even the story writing itself, where... You know, he's, he wrote The Hobbit, and then he just wrote this magic ring into The Hobbit. And then he's like, let me make a sequel that's all based around this ring. And I'll make this whole world with all these, like mm-hmm. like I said, family trees, uh, genealogies, all this shit. Uh, yep. It's insane. But <laughs> culture, history. It. <laughs> and, you know, we've said before on this podcast, do you like fantasy more? Do you like sci-fi more? Mike, you were even saying up top, you like sci-fi more, maybe Star Wars a little bit more. But this specific mm. genre, I want to point out, when I got off the Wikipedia page here, you know, just to say, Lord of the Rings is an epic high fantasy novel by English author and mm. scholar J.R.R. Tolkien. And the difference of the high fantasy, I just want to throw it to you, Mike, right away, just to set this up. Is it the elves, the hobbits, the orcs, you know, the, the, the total blast of it all? And is he kind of the guy who's, who's coming up with that? Well, I say he definitely created, like, the fantasy tropes. And as we talk about the movie, like, elves, men, orcs, dwarves, like, he kind of set that in stone. Yeah. And, like, every D&D party pretty much starts, like, The Hobbit or, like, Lord of the Rings, like, every time. Right. And high fantasy, I think, and maybe, Jacob, you could tag on this, is, like, it has to do with the magic systems being more unrealistic and fantastical where low fantasy is something like game of thrones yeah Yeah. exactly when i think of low fantasy it's like realism in a fantasy setting so like Like the witcher is almost low fantasy except for the monsters yeah um yeah yeah i think lord of the rings is the prototypical high fantasy and to me game of thrones Mm -hmm. is the prototypical low fantasy where there was there is magic in the Game of Thrones universe, but it's like very sparing and it kind of died out long ago. So it's, it's a more realism look at things. Oh, I, I guess. love this. Interesting. Yeah. I think it's the, yeah. the difference of like the rule of man. You know what I mean? Like in low fantasy, mm. I think of it as like, yeah, you could see King Arthur walk across the screen and it makes sense. It's just set in that time. This is very obviously on a different plane of existence, a different world. Yeah. You know? Like Game of Thrones, it takes place on a fictional planet, I guess. But if you didn't know that, you could say, oh, this is just like England. There's no elves. There's no other kind of creatures other than, I mean, there is dragons, but it's used very, again, sparingly. And they're kind of almost like, they're just another kind of animal, basically. Yeah. But so, yeah, the Tolkien's work pretty much spawned the fantasy genre or made it popular. It didn't invent it, but it really set, you know, kind of the visual and cultural shorthands and stuff like that. Totally. Um, I think, and we always talk about like, well, just saying D and D is everything because Final Fantasy ripped off D and D and Skyrim. It's like, well, D and D is Lord of the Rings, so Lord of the Rings is kind of right. everything too. D and D, World of Warcraft, like anything using elves or dwarves or orcs that came out after this was basically directly inspired from Tolkien's, uh, you know, image of what an elf is or what a dwarf is for sure. Yeah. So maybe now. Um, Looking at the movie, we're talking high fantasy, low fantasy. Joe said he could feel like you could see King Arthur walking across the screen. It would feel natural. 
We are talking about the adaptation of Fellowship of the Ring, the film directed by Peter Jackson. And we could talk about, did they do a good job of creating a, a realistic world out of this fantastical place? Colin, you know, thoughts on Peach in general? And, right you know, I have not um, gone back and reread these books since I was that child, too. So, you know, Me neither. coming yeah. at it from that angle, I would be very curious. My, my brother just finished up uh, a reread. Um, Peter Jackson, you know, like... My dogs. We've we've said it before. This guy mm-hmm. he shouldn't have anything big to me. I kind of already had my horror goofball icon in Sam Raimi that as a kid I was like, oh, Evil Dead's the reason I, I want to make movies and this is amazing and he'll just be my king mm-hmm. and I'll be his acolyte. And then this Kiwi guy comes around doing literally the exact same thing and makes... Yeah. The movie that I ask if people have seen to determine if they're cool or not, The Frighteners, right before <laughs> these films. And and I, I just, I, I love this guy. I fucking love this guy. And even before yeah, like, the, the Frighteners, you know, he was making those, like, low-budget. Dead Alive. And uh, yeah. And very high-core. Yeah, like, gross-out kind of mm, movies. Yeah. yeah, Meet the Freebles, which is like a Muppets, uh, if they're all, like... You know, really bad He's a people. Lunatic. And stuff. And, but yeah. I just I just want to say yeah. perfect storm equation. I, I want people to think about this. And I swear to God, the soundbite will be used out of context, but it's kind of the <laughs> one thing you can ever give Harvey Weinstein for him to picture and visualize this stuff, okay? Whoa. I hate <laughs> yeah. to say. As the super producer who makes these films and attach to this. Strings were pulled. So yeah. someone else has the rights. Peter Jackson is like, I'm, I want to make this movie. I want to be this guy. Okay, you're the person chosen. We have to ask the money men if it's okay. And they go to Harvey Weinstein. Is it okay? And at Miramax Pictures, he's kind of scratching his beard and going, okay. I have a guy who just made a movie and created a digital studio called Weta with computers that do graphics when he made that last movie, Frighteners. He has the technology if I went to Lucas Films or if I went to, you know, over there um, and got them to do the special effects, it would be expensive. Said I can hire the guy who owns that company who would also film in a lush, beautiful country and get tax credit beyond tax credit for the cheap. Hmm. Am I going to say yes to this young guy that I can kind of control and boss around to? And he makes literally the perfect decision. Who, like, how else could you have pictured and put that together this time? It's like, who else could have made this other than Peter Jackson? I just wanted to set up that context. I, I want to know, do you guys love this guy too? Harvey Weinstein? I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. no. <laughs> um, I mean, Colin, like, Frighteners is one of my favorite movies, like, full stop. Yeah. I mean, Joe passed the test when I first met him. First question ever. <laughs> Have you seen the Frighteners? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also, I also love What a Workshop. Like, since you brought them up, just to talk about them for a second, like, that is yeah. a uh, movie effects house that is also a collectible company where the real people who were making the Lord of the Rings special effects, the real designers, are still to this day making statues and uh, uh, collectibles and vinyl figures and things like that of the Lord of the Rings universe. And I mean, what has been involved with like the Thor franchise before and other movies like that whole workshop is just like a magical place where they really make some incredible special effects and it's all like done by hand. So I don't, I don't know. I love like that kind of vibe too. Yeah, well, I think it's amazing that, you know, what he was able to do, like the kind of scale 
that had really never been done before where they knew they were going to do like a trilogy uh and peter jackson had never done anything on this level before i mean you like you said you had the frighteners he had that movie with kate winslet uh and then he's doing this giant fantasy epic now and he's got all this you know this vision and uh i think it's kind of amazing that it all came together so well yeah, I agree. And Colin, I think you asked me this, but yes, The Frighteners, I've seen it. DVD there of it. There we go. Um, I love The Frighteners. Right and when a workshop was... Yeah, right? It, it was created, like you said, to do the special effects for The Frighteners. That's why he bought all of his computers. And it's like, well, we better put them to use. You know, I want to do The Hobbit. Right. And I was thinking about this movie. I love Peter Jackson, obviously, like you guys said, I agree with all your points. Weird that like this horror guy's like, yeah, let's do the three biggest movies ever with the most difficult adaptation ever. And yeah, let's go for right. it. But with every department in this movie, like when you watch Transformers, you can tell it's just dudes getting a paycheck making a movie. But in this movie, everybody from the director, the cinematographer, the actor, the costumers, like the entire crew is like they believe in it so much yeah. and that passion comes through in every frame. And there's just something about watching this. It puts me in a better mood than any star Wars. Mm. Like when I fire up some reason, it's, well, it's such it's a clear vision of, you know, everything mm-hmm. is comes together to work together and it just feels like a lived in world. Like the, obviously there's so much world building from the books, uh, but to adapt that into a visual medium, I mean, that's really hard to do. And, you know they nailed it the musical score the casting like everything just works so well together it's incredible yeah and just like the people say the first book it's a little slow uh, because it has to do all the setup and explaining the world that's kind of what we just did bringing in our peter jackson takes and the lead up to what made this <laughs> possible um, but, you know, getting into the meat of it, I guess, the movie at Colin, you know, like general thoughts or what, anything you want, you know, Fellowship of the Ring, uh, the first yeah. one, you know. I'm, I'm curious how this one stood up for you guys, because this was Watch 500. I mean, honestly, what, what mm. do you guys <laughs> think? It's maybe one of the movies I've seen the most in my life. It felt very familiar, you know. I'm going to be really happy to be past this one. Almost like, Jacob, I, I think I remember you saying um, Chamber of Secrets, you and your sister just had, so you just watched mm. it like mm-hmm. 500 fucking times in a row. You weren't looking yeah. forward to it. Kind of had a better glance when you saw it when we were doing our, our, our whole watch last time. This one, I was like, Fellowship of the Ring, like... God damn, I have watched this at so many starts to dinner parties that my dad has set on since the age of 14 on, where he's like, it's Thanksgiving, uh, you know, set the table. But, you know, hold on, let's turn on, have you got, again, the surround sound talk, you know, mm-hmm. the picture quality. Let's turn on a, a, an impressive DVD to show family members. And it was always motherfucking Fellowship of the Ring. Mm. And um, I, again, have, you know, I do the Harry Potters pretty much every other year. I do the Star Wars every year, you know, annually. I try to make sure. Again, I haven't watched these in a long time. I wanted to. I knew we were going to do this podcast for a while. So I kept putting them off, putting them off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it still felt so familiar. That dragged down the pace just a little bit. I've had Dune on my mind a lot. I've been talking uh. to Jacob about, you know, is it too much of a setup movie? Is this too mm. much of a setup movie? 
but almost kind of like Mike, what you said about reading the books, this was kind of the first time where I ever watched it and kind of felt like I really knew what was going on in the plot. <laughs> so we'll get into that a little bit right. too, but that's, kinda, that's where I'm at. I kind of agree with you, Colin. Like I, you know, I watched the, these movies a lot when I was younger, but I haven't watched them in a while. Uh, so it was good. It was like familiar yet. Uh, it's been long enough that I was kind of remembering the events of like the order of events and everything. I'm like, oh yeah, that's this scene. It's this scene. Uh, this is probably my favorite one because you know when I was younger, wow. uh, I, I think Return of the King was my favorite because I loved the the battle scenes. I'd never seen uh, you know a battle that epic in a movie before, and I was like, that's you know obviously it won all those Oscars and everything. I thought that was the best one, and wow. maybe when I rewatch it, I might feel in that, that way. Birthday. This one. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah, I think this one is actually the best movie because it's got the wow. the hero's journey structure. They're all together in the fellowship. Mm-hmm. You got the minds of Moria. Oh you know, my. you shall not pass. <laughs> um, it's just yeah, you know, the whole fellowship is together, and yep, I like yep. the camaraderie of them and the the arcs of them kind of bonding. It's just you know, it's a movie about a bunch of dudes just bonding and in, in, in over this over <laughs> it, this. It task, really right? is just yeah, a yeah, bunch of dudes is. out here bonding. Yeah, what's well, not the love? Yeah, a series about male relationships, basically. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Joe, you you first. How do you feel about it? Because I'm going to gush. I think. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can say with full confidence, I haven't seen any of these movies in a decade. Mm-hmm. I've never seen the Hobbit movies, uh, so wow. when we get to those, that'll be a first. <laughs> oh, for that'll me. be fun! Wow, yeah. that would be awesome. awesome. Yeah, that's gonna be crazy because they're nuts. <laughs> Stay tuned, everybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, I'm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But this is this is the only one that I only saw once in theaters. Oh, okay. The other ones I saw at least two or three times in theaters. Um, I, I again like Colin you said so many how many times have you seen the first hour of this movie compared <laughs> to how many times you've seen the entirety of this movie I guess would be my Great other question. like mm. follow up question but uh, yeah I, it, it was a lot a lot more happened than I thought I remembered happening because I remember always thinking like Fellowship of the Ring absolutely nothing happens they they just meet each other that's it uh, so I, watching it this time it was like Okay, I didn't give. Maybe I fell a little too bit, too much into the bit of like nothing happens in those movies. So I was pleasantly surprised watching it this time. Also, mm. like the memes that are now <laughs> over a decade old. Yeah, we did a whole like, simply memes. memes. Yeah, um, I, I would say like. I don't know, like Star Wars, I can put those out of my head when you see like in the prequels and it happens. But this like, you know, he leaned in and he was like, one does not. And I was like, hey, there you go. It's on the level of the prequel memes. Like right. it's, it's interesting. Like they were both kind of coming out at so the same time. More. Yeah. And I think it's our generation basically growing up with those two franchises and just memeing the shit out of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Keep your secrets happens like in the first 30 seconds. Oh, and yeah. I was like, I oh. laughed out loud. Joe. One of the most iconic <laughs> okay, moments has already secrets. happened, you know, yeah. but, uh, so I, what I, I was pleasantly surprised a lot more happened in this movie than I think I gave it credit for when I was, that's kid. awesome. And oh, I want to bring yeah. up this part of it. Too. Well, uh, I always thought two towers was the one where like the least happens even as a kid, but hmm. maybe I'll think differently on a rewatch. I want to bring up. I the, thought like, yeah, yeah, I thought the whole mind sequence was, the, in the first act of Two Towers. So, oh, like, wow. I was... I kind of thought, thought that, too. <laughs> yeah, so I had that wrong. So, when we had all that happen, I was like, oh, okay, like, there's the there's the Obi-Wan moment. Like, I thought that happened differently. 
Mm, the, nice. the thing I want to bring up is the extended version versus the regular version. Yeah, right? did we all watch the extended? Good call, Jacob. Continue. I watched yeah, the extended. I did, and I think uh, that one I've seen maybe less because there was a lot of added scenes. I was like, I don't even remember that. Like the whole intro with the hobbits describing, you know, the lives of the hobbits. I was like, oh, I don't remember this as <laughs> well. Is amazing. <laughs> I, I, it kind of yeah. didn't stand out to me, Jacob. There were a lot of mm. moments where it felt like things went a little longer, but I was like, this could be extended. This could just be you know not being fresh on it right and some there's a couple added scenes and then there were some scenes that were just more extended uh but overall i think it's it's great you know i'd watch a six hour cut of this movie just like you know you mentioned dune uh i would watch a million hours of dune maybe we'll get to that in dunuary how many times have you watched this how many times you watched the extended cut how did this viewing hold up well um it has the number in the hundreds, and I've only seen the theatrical cut one time. Wow. And that was wow. in the theater. <laughs> because ever since then, I have never not watched the extended editions. I will what never not. Flex. I will never watch the theatrical cut. But it's noted the, the extended cut credits roll at three hours, 21 minutes. The original cut, it's two hours, 51. So it's 30 minutes longer, but it's still a three-hour movie. It's even not even as long version. as I thought. Yeah, because the credits on the HBO, I was like, it's almost four hours, but like 30 of that is like the credits at the end. So I was like, oh, I guess this is over now. They yeah, play yeah. I wanted like to be five longer. songs over the credits. If you right. stay yeah. I was like, wow. So yeah. Uh, I'll be I, honest, I did not watch the extended of Falcon. Well, there you go. That's all my time and I was like, "Oh, I'm I'm good. I'm good, not man. I don't I don't need that much." Even I think the whole first hour could have been in the first song, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> for shame, for shame. Well, here's the thing too. So as someone who enjoys these movies, I'm probably maybe the biggest fan, I'm going to call it, I think of the Lord of the Rings here, at least the films because I I might be. I adore them. Um an Isle dork. And Isil Dork, exactly. Nice. Um, it it is long and it's slow. Um, I can give you that, and I still love it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, I'm okay spending 35 minutes in Hobbiton before we do anything else because it kind of sets up like what's at stake. You know, the comfortable life and right. literally crossing the threshold, the farthest from home I've ever been. You know, it's like <laughs> I can't that, take one more step, Mister Frodo. That's yeah. Like, yeah, oh my god, that's one change like, I actually just, like. Uh, fucking yeah, wrong. I agree with you because uh, you know if you read the books, that's kind of how it starts out, where he's describing the lives of the hobbits. hobbits, not to be confused yeah. with concerning hobbits, which will meet one of them in a later movie. A concerning right, habit. right. Yeah. But I agree with you, and I think in the theatrical version that it it kind of feels almost too short in the beginning, where it kind of jumps into the action. And I like that it takes the moment to like show bag end and show all the you know show all this stuff, and you get like the extended uh, you know birthday party for Bilbo and stuff. And I was I was into it. I didn't think this <laughs> movie really dragged at all. Uh, yeah, there, I was making a lot of connections that I hadn't made as a younger child with like. Let me get one oh, connection. Still doer and like all the you know. Yeah. So uh, hey, yeah. beyond that, you're just like watching every character in this movie for the first three minutes just gets high out of their minds. Gandalf just is smoking, smoking that pipe every weed. hobbit is smoking. <laughs> Fucking they love the pipe weed. They're drinking ale. They love so, it. That's what I just want to live in Hobbiton. Like they have the yeah, life, man. It's on my bucket list to visit the Lord of the Rings sets. I really want to go. And and this timing is fortuitous, not just because it's the twentieth anniversary, but obviously we have Bilbo's eleventy first birthday. But in the book <sighs> Frodo is 33 years old and I am 30 and three years old. So it's like, this is an important wow. franchise for wow. me in my life. It's weird, weird thing. I never it's even knew for how you old to go he was. on an adventure. Yeah, maybe, uh, keep it secret, keep it safe. So anyway, um, yeah, let's talk about getting high and drinking, right? I mean, 
Gandalf shows up. He's late. It's Gandalf, the ultimate stoner. It's like, you're late. And it's like, he just shows up late, gets high, partying. There's a moment when he's setting off the fireworks and he runs over to the cart and grabs him. And he's laughing like a madman. Like, I fuck yeah, dude, that's rage. It's the weirdest thing. Mike, he comes into town. He does smoke tricks with his oldest friend. And they talk about that one time they stole a car, basically. It's like, it's just going (laughs) home and hanging out with your high school buddies, dude. Yeah. Yep, yep. It's it's very cozy. So that's kind of the setup. I I like it. I want to go to Hobbiton, like Jacob said. I want to live there. It seems awesome. I think historically there's kind of a... Uh, you know, hippie culture was really into Lord of the Rings in like the 60s and 70s, obviously Led Zeppelin, all that stuff, so like stoner dumb. rock. Like it's all connected, right? That makes sense. It's, yeah, it's yeah. all connected. It's like poetry. It rhymes. Yeah. One ring to rule them all. Um, yeah. It's, it, Hobbiton's just, it's a cool, it's a cool little vibe, right? And uh, it sets up what's to come. We have the ring, Bilbo runs away with it, and then Frodo now is the keeper. And that kicks the, the story kind of in motion. But like, even yeah. when, just showing how dangerous the ring is. Cause that's the main thing they need to establish, you know, and storytelling wise, we're killing it. You know, that's the stakes are there. Literally. I'm thinking every moment, like, okay, that checks the box. The ring is cool. I'm watching this with subtitles for the first time. And it yep. keeps saying the evil voice, like that. The ring is talking. I kind of never picked up on that. I always thought it was, mm-hmm. you know, Sauron, the black speech of Mordor, the black speech of Mordor. How keeps cool. saying. Now again, is it even worth saying filmmaking wise up to this point guys we're doing forced perspective oh yeah body doubles we're doing like you know the close-up on the ring in the fireplace is like a ring that's like this big they just made giant vanity giant ring for fucking glory shots and stuff and it's just it's like it blows your mind when you're watching it Truly, when I was a kid and I watched the behind the scenes stuff, like I think the forced perspective stuff with the Hobbits was like the first time my mind was like actually blown by some like movie magic. Yeah. And I was like, how they film that, the sets, like Gandalf and Bilbo when they're like in the same shot. It's like incredible, like how they make the Hobbits look smaller than everyone else. And I, that just blew my mind as a kid. And I was like, that's awesome. Even with I mean, the camera like, moves, sorry, like, you know, having to time the table sections to move with the camera, like just weird shit like that. It's like you spent time yeah. figuring that you're out. really like and they over let you? here doing this. Yeah, very weird. But sorry to cut you yeah. off, Joe. I, I just think it's so interesting because like we're saying all of this as if it's second nature. Because we came of age when the Return of the Kings was a, a pretty big campaign for them to sweep the Oscars, technically. Mm-hmm, so, like, right. all of this stuff wasn't, like, hidden on a DVD that if you were in the know, like, there were commercials on television advertising all of this stuff. Because yeah. it was something that really swept the entire globe Everyone was, I think, more interested in the process of filmmaking than they had been ever before. Oh, it was a phenomenon when it was coming out. It was like really nothing like even any blockbusters that are coming out now in terms of like hype. Maybe when, you know, Force Awakens came out, that was like at the same level. But even so, like it It was was close. Yeah. Yeah. You you know, you brought it up before, like Dune didn't even get a part two out of the gate. They gave this. No, Dune is more of a They were like, hey, we're doing it all. It's happening. It's got a cult fan base, but Lord of the Rings, like everyone wanted to see the Lord of the Rings movie. Like it was everywhere. And they filmed them back to back to back all in one go. That's unheard of to to have done something like that. And to get, yeah, like, like you said, Dune, they didn't green light part two until after they knew they were making money. Like they greenlit an entire trilogy. They didn't know if it was going to work out. You know, this is no. pre MCU people. 
Yeah. yeah. But in the same way, <laughs> yeah. they're kind of taking gambles on casting. Kind of worth mentioning for a moment. Let's say yeah, yeah. Elijah Wood leading our cast as Frodo Baggins, the, the nephew of Bilbo Baggins, who, like Mike said, is the young 33-year-old hobbit <laughs> who has a journey thrust upon him and has a pretty good storyline of... I don't really want this. I'm kind of, you know, not even just immature, just like I wouldn't even think about this to, oh, my God, the stakes of what are setting into my life. I might never see the people I was just with ever again. Isn't that right, Sam? Oh, I, damn, I don't <laughs> yeah. know about that, Mr. Uh, Frodo. Made. That's crazy. Yeah. That's one hell of a crossing the threshold for your entire yeah. first yeah. movie. Like, Jesus Christ. Well, it's a but similar, similar like start as Bilbo. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, where, uh, you know, Bilbo needs to go on an adventure. Frodo needs to go on an adventure, but it's darker when it's like, oh, there's real life implications. Well, Joe, Joe, you have some time? Yeah, well, since we're talking about the cast, I feel like Lord of the Rings is the anti-Star Wars, where, like, no one got pigeonholed after Lord of the Rings. You know what I mean? Like, no one, when you think uh, Sam, you don't necessarily think, oh, he was Sam. You think Rudy. You think, you know, like... If I Ian McKellen was able to be Magneto and Gandalf. Yeah. You weren't like, <laughs> Crazy. oh, I only see Gandalf. You know what I mean? Like Elijah Wood, I think you could talk to Elijah Wood fans and this would be, you know, not necessarily the top three things that they would immediately think of, you know? Mm, I think I just flipper. think it's interesting. Like Orlando Bloom went on to be think, in the Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Like, yeah, Orlando Bloom. Not, uh, I think maybe the only one Vigo. that's kind of uh, not pigeonhole but typecast as a certain type where he you know he was in pirates caribbean but he kind of plays in a lot of period action type stuff yeah. um, but there's a lot of you know a lot of newcomers like orlando bloom this is his first major role Vigo mortensen wasn't very well known elijah Billy Wood. boy dominic monahan yeah Never heard of them before i think only this. the the only ones that were really known was like ian mckellen uh and you know who else really? John, John Rhys Davis was in you know Indiana Jones and that kind of thing, but character uh, actor though a lot of lesser known Lee, actors. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm just Lee. saying, like if you if you took Mark Hamill and Orlando Bloom and put them right next to each other, people are going to be like, oh, that's Luke Skywalker and that's Orlando Bloom. They're not yeah, going right. to say, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, no, he was not like, list forever. You husband. know what I mean? right yeah i think you could blanket statement i say the the casting is perfect like they knocked it out of the park and there is one person who got pigeonholed and that's sean bean into always dying in a medieval thing well but uh i I love that meme because you know his two most well-known roles to me obviously uh game of thrones and lord of the rings two characters famous for dying and Mm -hmm. i just love that meme so much yeah, it's very good. But let's look at, I guess, the this, this thrust of the story. You know, like Colin was saying, Bilbo or Frodo, you know, he gives the ring to Frodo. Frodo has to go on this journey. And like you said, it's like a reluctance of like, I, I don't want to do this. He even says, like, I wish this hadn't been thrust upon me. And then it's like, I don't know if this is World War One talking or, you know, where it's like, look, you want to live a comfortable life, but sometimes shit is happening and you have to take part and it's it's not going to be easy, you know? And like, yeah, you want to stay and chill with your friends, but if the call beckons you, you have to answer it and it's not easy. And that that's kind of, I think, the the arc of these films and that's a strong hook to me, I think, is an interesting character to put on that journey and starting with the comfortable Hobbit town really gives right. us what we need to have and obviously Frodo. Uh, he's a sort of innocent character where he's the only one who can like carry the ring because if it was, you know, if anyone more powerful than him got it, you know, 
could be really bad. So it has to be him. And uh, Gandalf's it's kind terrified of, of it. He doesn't want to yeah. touch it, you know? So it's an interesting cool twist thing. on the uh, like the chosen one storyline where he's not a Luke Skywalker or a Neo where he's just he's just a guy. But that's why he's important, because he's just a guy that he can carry this ring without getting corrupted by its power, yeah. basically. And like the most insignificant of us can have the greatest impact on the world. Right. right. That, that kind of message here is the, the, Hobbit the, the mouse and the lion, you know. Yeah, that's it. Big literary references. That's what you're here for. So, <laughs> well, and you but, know, just to say, it's it's silly, but um, the other big theme. Yeah, we made the joke, but it really is kind of a male friendship, or or you know, a, a platoon of people, a fellowship, if you will. Again, mm-hmm. comes from J.R.R. Tolkien serving. I never saw that Nicholas Holt movie, the the Tolkien biography, but I do remember in the trailer, oh, see that. Uh, he raises glasses with all his like uh, war mates, and they go, "We're a fellowship," <laughs> and they like all like clink glasses. <laughs> oh, I was like, no. mm, "Yes, of course, of course." Uh, but that's yeah. Yeah. he was interested in that. <laughs> yeah, it is a really yeah. uh, you know guys being dudes type of movie. Unfortunately, not a lot of female but very characters, sincere. right? But yeah. 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 I think that comes from the, his experiences in war, like Band of Brothers literally. It's it's about male relationships, friendships, platonic male love, right. maybe not depending on the fanfics you read, but like it's exploring like male relationships in a way that normal movies don't. Like Tony Stark will mm. just crack a joke with Captain America. Like there's yeah. weird depth to it, even yeah, though it's a guys being well, dudes movie. You don't you don't yeah. see a lot of dudes cry at each other outside of the Lord of the Rings, but they love doing it in the Lord of the Rings. They That's do. like half the scenes <laughs> yeah. are just Elijah Wood and uh, Rudy just looking at each other doe eyed. Which I'm you know I do appreciate. Yeah. I, I no, appreciate I think, that representation, uh, yeah. Just seeing vulnerability my, from male characters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that being like the norm and okay. Mm-hmm. No, one of my favorite characters in this movie is actually uh, someone I didn't really like as a kid, didn't really understand him, Boromir. I was like, this guy fucking sucks when I was a kid. It's like, <laughs> he's, he's, he's just a fucking, fucking piece sucks. of shit. <laughs> yeah, but he guy. actually has, I think, the best arc in this movie. It's a self-contained arc because he obviously dies at the end. But mm-hmm. he goes from like this kind of like, he doesn't trust Aragorn. Like He's like, I don't need you to be my fucking king. Like, you know, we're doing fine without you, blah, <laughs> yeah. blah, blah. Uh, he wants the ring for himself so that he can, you know, have it for the the you know, the men, but, uh, by the end of it, you know, he goes through this process where he's like, wow, maybe, uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm learning some things here. And, uh, his obviously has an iconic death scene with Aragorn was like, you know, my King, my, my brother, my captain, my King, like, mm-hmm. you know, you gotta, if you don't get emotional at, at that scene, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Sacrifices uh-huh. himself to save the hobbits. You get his motivation for wanting to use it. Cause they're, the defense on the front lines against Mordor. So they've been losing people for generations. He's the closest to the perpetual conflict. And he's yeah. got this I just idea never liked him as a kid. We mm-hmm. found and a WMD. A new we should use it against the other side. You know, this is, right. he says, this is a blessing to Gondor. And just to even conceptualize the ring just for a minute, guys, you know, oh, everybody yeah. knows the invisibility. You put it on. I like the whole the world changes around you, not just mm. you changing in the physical world by going invisible. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we see Sauron where it too. There's, is you achieve a level at one point where it just like, it just grants you power to do like, it's not even just about the invisibility, right? You just become like all powerful if you have it or something. That's what well, he like, is after. 
I like that the power yeah. of the ring is kind of vague, but it's understandable. Like they they don't explain exactly what it does, but just that it every rules powerful the character other rings. <laughs> it rules, yeah. dog. Yeah, that's what well, like, yeah. like, they do a good job of terms where I'm like, it like would blast lasers uh, at the other rings and like right. blow them up. Is that what? But you're they saying? don't need to be specific about it because it works so well that every yeah. character with any kind of power is like so afraid of it yet wants it at the same time, where they're just drawn so, to it. And they do a really good job of showing that it's a on people i think that's the cool. lord of the MacGuffins. yeah and basically it's the it ultimate like MacGuffin. we we see in the prologue that sauron they made all the rings gave them to the kings of men elves dwarves right and then he made a ring that can control them does that mean like if he has that he influences their mind like like is it a play like that i don't know it's kind of vague. Well, that's what happened with the ring rays right they were the nine kings of men and then they and they and became again, corrupted is that yeah. even worth normies or even saying like <laughs> at this point like did you know aragorn's actually 88 years old in this and it's like just <laughs> get that out just put that all right away. well that's the stuff i didn't understand yeah. as, a, as a kid even that that Aragorn was is like the final heir of Isildur in, Shit, in that like, line. No way. And he feels the guilt of of what his ancestor did and all this stuff. Right. Uh, I, that kind of yeah, it kind of passed me by as an eleven year old. I guess the, the last movie is called Return of the King, though. Who's that going to be? Boromir is he alive? <laughs> yeah. Um, Could be. I did. I, I like that. Uh, my favorite thing about that scene. Worth. My favorite thing about that scene is that he confesses. Still, he's like, mm-hmm. I tried to take the ring from the kid, and like in that moment all is forgiven like i think that is the ultimate brotherhood lesson that like if if you watch this movie and you take away like one thing about how to be a better person like that guy said hey i fucked up i'm sorry and his brother looked at him and said it's cool dog yeah and he fucked up when he was doing it for you know reason noble reasons of wanting to fight back against sauron but uh just you know yeah it's like he could have died with that secret, you know, as Joe was saying. The fact that he owned up to it, like, yeah, and like Jacob said, it's the complete self-contained arc. So, yeah, Boromir's an interesting character. Boromir, it's underrated. the Fellowship, though, right? Let's talk. Yeah. Who, who else do you like the Fellowship? Colin, do you have a favorite Fellowship member? Well, and really, my mind, like, exploded when Elrond went, a Fellowship of the Ring is what you've been called, and the music swelled. Yes. I was like, <laughs> I'm <laughs> fucking blasting, yeah. baby. This is great. So I much of this movie that. is just people, so much of this series is just people going oh <laughs> like getting really, really like big eyed and still. excited and they fucking yeah, yeah. That's us. I love all of them I was really paying attention to the round table scene this time and not because I knew the axe line was coming and, and you know all that but or you know the um, we'll carry you know the we'll carry it or one does not simply yeah one does not simply one does not you. simply walk into, yeah. walk into yeah, it's just like it's too much but this time there were three old white guys, just like, I think humans, I don't think elves yeah. or whatever, in oh, the yeah. background this time, who don't volunteer to be a part of this. Everybody else is like, yeah, I guess, you know, we kind of got to step up and do this thing. You see three white guys, like, shirk back into the darkness at one point. I was like, who the yeah. fuck are those guys? Well, there's other How elves there, there's other party? dwarves there. Um, yeah, I mean, in the book, there's other people there, but I never noticed them in this movie. But on this watch, again, it's like, you are the fellowship of the ring. And then there's just right. another guy yeah. in the background. It's, it's like, a weird what? wide shot oh, yeah, where another guy's just like or... nodding at them. Like, cool, and again, cool. as a kid, you don't need to know that like Gimli is the son of Gloin, who was one of the dwarves that was with right. Bilbo. And Legolas is the son of the elven king from The Hobbit. Like, it's cool to know that stuff now, though. I Get think. ready. <laughs> yeah. Get ready, yeah. listeners. <laughs> those are, I didn't know either one of those facts. 
I like, I like the three of them. Like when you when you say like who is the Fellowship of the the Ring, like, I always just forget the Hobbits. Like you <laughs> right. got you got they don't Frodo do much and the three dudes he brought with him for some reason. You know what I mean? Which is <laughs> yeah. like like you know they're the characters. Well, really, two from, of those dudes. I was just like yeah. They, they just showed up like those are like okay yeah. so those guys are the guys from Entourage and then like on a different set <laughs> yeah, they're making a different movie where you have the big three which are you know the the, the bow and arrow guy the sword guy and the axe guy <laughs> the the party yeah, 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 yeah dude, you know, we have and Aragorn are both two other hobbits sword guys, I guess. yeah but Bear, one's gonna die and Mary. what are their personalities <laughs> hungry and dumb and hungry Annoying and you're like okay and, they're the comedy yeah. relief I love them as kids but mm-hmm. Joe, are you so much more into Aragorn being called the Ranger Strider than Strider. you were Aragorn? <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Like it's it, you know when it comes to picking my favorite character, it's like okay, which one's brooding the most? <laughs> and like this yeah. one, guy looks normal. If I had to guess yeah. your guys' favorite characters, I would say Joe Aragorn, Mike Gandalf, uh, Colin. I'm not sure. He's Colin's more of a wild card uh, mm-hmm. for me. If you know anything about me. I love archery. Yeah. Uh, I always, I yeah, always kind of go towards like elves when I'm when I'm doing D and D or something. I always pick like an elf ranger. So of mm-hmm. course, I fucking loved Legolas as a kid, even though he's probably the least interesting character. Like he doesn't really do anything other than like cool action stuff. But as yeah. a kid, I was like, Wait, Fuck, he this guy's the fucking coolest. On a shield, he's the coolest yeah. person ever. He always does the coolest thing. But yeah, he has like six lines. I don't think he speaks to Frodo at all. <laughs> no. no, he's not Except much of a character. Right. That's yeah. the only line. He's just he like a cool Frodo. elf guy that's hanging out with them, doing cool stuff. And I fucking love yeah. bow guys. That's if He's you know so anything sexy. about me. I like that he can walk guys. on the snow without sinking. Yeah. You know? oh, as a kid, I was like, this motherfucker is the coolest guy I've ever seen. I wanted to be Legolas. Yeah. He's got I was, a bow. His feet don't sink in the snow. <laughs> elf. Hey, in Ohio, boy. that's a useful skill to have. Come on. Yeah. yeah? Um, I, as a kid, I liked Legolas the most, you know, because I liked bow guys, too. Now mm. I think I appreciate Aragorn and his three-movie arc. I appreciate that a lot more. And I like John Rhys-Davies just because he's the tallest guy in real life, and he's playing no a dwarf. No one throws a dwarf. No one tosses, tosses a dwarf. <laughs> yeah. Notoriously the guy no one got along with on set. A big asshole, mm. and everybody got the the um, the the tribal tattoo that they got you know, right. to, for their fellowship, mm-hmm. except for him. His oh. stunt double got oh, it because they hung out with him more, is what they said. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's sad. Oh. I didn't know that. That was <laughs> not on the DVD. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they left that one off the yeah, commentary. The main track. arc it, that it Legolas and Gimli have is just basically learning to like not hate each other and become friends. Right. Yeah. Right? Racism <laughs> is bad. Is yeah, no, they're, they're, they're yeah. midnight run or rush hour. You know what I mean? Like, they're just a buddy cop heaven in the background. But also, yeah. for a screenwriting point, just heaven sent for scenes once they figure out what they're doing in the later movies we'll talk about audience reaction but when Legolas does a certain thing at the Battle of Helm's Deep I remember a guy stand up and just like going like yes like losing his mind and everybody else cheered so oh, yeah, yeah. characters you're going to come to love more in the future it movies. is funny in retrospect how beloved Legolas is seeing how little he does in this movie yeah. Very true, Joe. <laughs> he's just awesome. Hey, yeah. Anytime he's he's on screen, he's doing something cool. He's just the best. Yeah. Okay.
All right. Yeah, Legolas is pretty great. Um, I also am wondering, so we're talking Fellowship of the Ring. Issue being, they're only a fellowship for about one and a half hours, right. and then it's dissolved. So, Well, eh, you know. You have Gandalf, right? Let's talk about Gandalf for a minute. He's got his Obi-Wan in Star Wars uh, A New Hope moment, Separate right? Separate adventure Which is, thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's the right where he ripped it from when he wrote the book. You can't right? walk this way, he says, I believe. <laughs> but might be where uh, George Lucas got the idea, but you know, he's the old wise mentor that has to sacrifice himself halfway through the adventure to let the others go on, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Ian McKellen, <laughs> fucking perfect casting. Like, I couldn't imagine anyone else as Gandalf. Like, just amazing, right? What can Best you say? Best wizard on film ever, correct? I, probably, yeah. Arguments yeah. for and against. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll give it right. to you know, They tried to make this for so many years. I'm sure you guys have heard the famous story about the Beatles trying to buy the rights and like they were all going to be the, the, uh, the Hobbits mm-hmm. at one point. Yeah, the Ralph Bakshi, they were going to have uh, them, yeah. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Christopher <laughs> Lee originally, again, the only person who's ever met J.R. Tolkien, who was old enough to do that, and Crazy. also served in a world war and, you know, did numerous other things, was originally cast as Gandalf back in the 70s version, but but mm. never happened. He's Peter a better Jackson, Saruman, though. Love that, said you have to be Saruman. Boy, I think he, I think he's, it's interesting that Ian McKellen gets the best supporting in this movie. You almost wish he could have been pushed to the, to the head to that. And then best supporting could have gone to Christopher mm. Lee. Cause they're so good in this film mm-hmm. together. Yeah, totally. And Colin, can I, yeah. can I uh, add to your Beatles story? The funny thing about that, you would expect them. Oh, they're going to play the four hobbits, right? Oh, well, is it not? <laughs> no, actually, no. Paul and Ringo wanted to be hobbits. John wanted to be Gollum, and George wanted to be Gandalf. Oh my! So that, that would really says it. a lot about the Beatles. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not surprised at all. No, you are married to like Pippin, George Harrison more. Yeah, you fools! And no, John Lennon wanted well, to be Gollum, which is hilarious to me, but. <laughs> Yeah. Yoko, Yoko can be the precious. Yeah, right. Yoko could have been Gollum. Jeez, <laughs> Gollum makes. Well, back to I love I love the Gollum appearance in this movie because I mean, keep in mind I did not read the books. You know, this is just me. I, I last time I watched these movies over a decade ago. Uh, I thought he would be in this movie like more than he was, and then at mm. one point at about you know. Six hours into the 13-hour movie, yeah, yeah. Uh, one guy looks down the cliff and says, Hey, uh, there's like a thing chasing us. And Gandalf yeah. just very calmly is like, uh-huh, yeah, yes. no, that's Gollum. Gollum. He's been following us this whole time. Like, Gollum. I don't know. He's, a little He's just well, there. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, Joe, like, if you know from the books, um, le- the reason Legolas actually... the books. <laughs> So, <laughs> tell us why. Yeah, well, obviously, Gollum was in The Hobbit, right? So, Bilbo meets Gollum and. Riddles in the Dark finds the ring. I'm sure we'll see a great film adaptation <laughs> of that book in the future. But Gollum uh, was actually held captive by the elves that where Legolas was from. So, Legolas is actually at the council to basically tell Elrond that Gollum, like, escaped uh, in the books. Mm-hmm. Right, Mike? Huh. And then he gets captured by Saruman's people, and then he says, Shire Baggins. Shire Baggins. Here's something. And then they just let him go. Yeah, that's when they like, ring rates find out. It's probably more cruel to let him live, I right? Get it. Just be you yeah. more. Well, that's yeah, Gandalf. That's I, I love that lesson scene, is that. <laughs> he just yeah. looks over the edge. He looks over the edge of a cliff. Like, like they're chilling by a fire, and he looks down. Not seen. And sees this thing and like talking, like, and I was like, "Okay, here we're gonna hear him save my precious. I'm gonna laugh. This is yeah. great." And he's like, "Hey, something's following us." And like, oh yeah. 
He's we'll like hanging onto a log floating by the river. Well, yeah, Gandalf's <laughs> lesson is that uh, you know he he has very sad life, and maybe it's uh, you know better to just let him live than to kill him, right? Well, that's what uh, Gandalf says. Some to that effect, yeah. like you know, there's some who live who should be dead, and some that are alive that you, but know, you may whatever, have a bigger like part that. to play. Who knows? Here's my thing with Gollum. It's the single greatest retcon in book history because making him be a hobbit like makes the whole story of Lord of the Rings work. Yes, very true. You know what yeah. I mean? Because like it shows foreshadows what's going to happen to Frodo. Yeah. So like I don't think he he was just a creature in the Hobbit book, right? As okay. Far as yeah. I know. So but the, the, that's what the ring does to you, and you even see it with Bilbo, right? right? When Bilbo's like kind of has his little freak out where he's like, give it, give me the ring. And he kind of tur- gets all Gollum-y. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he we, calls it precious. We even had, you know, I was shocked by that torture scene, Joe. It, it really surprised me. But we even had like, like I think four scenes with Isildur in the extended cut where I was like, this is, he's kind of a developed character in this too. Like I, I'm kind of seeing all spectrums of the ring stuff. Like they're really making it really important and kind of work in this prologue or this, this first entry. Mm. Yeah, and they're they're establishing like you have to set up so much the characters, the world, the stakes, and the way they're layering. Like you said, with a seal door, and like there's generational struggles with this issue, yeah. this ring, this power, right? And it's like you, to get that conveyed to an audience is really difficult. And I think doing it yeah. in three and a half hours, yeah. Oh, yeah. and just the it's concept of like men and elves and like the the weakness of men that's lived with them for hundreds of years because of what Isildur did and how Elrond and the elves kind of feel about men. Elrond was yeah. there yeah. Hugo on Weaving that day, has his you know? beef. I've seen this before. This is bullshit, old man. You brought this here? You said the, the dark language in my house? You know that's illegal. It's like, oh man. Yeah. He could have thrown it in the volcano. I was there. He fucking didn't. I don't trust these guys, right? Like I have reasons. Right. Yeah. Which, speaking Very of Elrond, good. Uh, he's kind of like a nerd legend having been in The Matrix and Lord of the Rings. Like, that's the two things I know that guy from as well, a and kid, Christopher right? Lee is Excuse the Star me, you Wars, also Lord know he's Megatron in a film series we very much covered. <laughs> right, right. Yes. But as a kid, I was like, that's that fucking guy from The Matrix. He's that's everything. That's mean guy <laughs> with the Gandalf sunglasses. Gandalf and Magneto, like... That, you know, that's, that's, that's true. Yeah. One. That, that's, yeah, you yeah. got to be that's the yin and actually. the yang of every, you know, child of the 80s and 90s. Yeah, very, very Yeah, cool. Magneto, Sick a very powers. different character from Gandalf. So it really shows his range, right? Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And Count Dooku, the same character as uh, <laughs> Saruman. So, uh, <laughs> when he gets his hands chopped off. Yeah, your love of the Tatooine leaf when he says that to uh, Boba Fett. And then a giant yeah, bird saves, um, you know, like Kid kid Moody or, yeah. or whatever. Bird saves kid, Anakin. Kid yep, yep. And yeah, yeah. Kid when you were a kid, did you wonder, like, how Gandalf knows these giant eagles and, like, he could save well, by talking no, to a moth? Because no, just, he's a wizard. There's we'll, no eagles in this. You we'll talk watch about it. it and I want Joe's live reaction, but because of seeing the animated Hobbit movie as a child and learning what one of the people in the five armies or whatever that's called, what one of the species was, I was like, what? So I, I have thought about <laughs> those big birds for a very long time and we will get back to them. But right. They'll come into play uh, as the watch along, but there is a lot of strange stuff for sure. Um, so we're on the journey. We know the ring's dangerous. We have a fellowship. I mean, action. I mean, they, they've done everything so well setting the tone, you know, 
I think Toxamoria here. That's I think my favorite sequence in the oh, film yeah. is the entire Moria sequence from Speak Friend and Enter, oh. this sea monster mm-hmm. and everything through Moria and Fly You Fools. I think that's the best sequence in the movie besides maybe Boromir's totally. as a single scene. I agree. But. And the, I mean, the action scenes in that location were awesome with the orcs kind of like appearing from all over and shooting in the, you know, the arrows and, and you just see these awesome, I don't even know how they shot that with the, the mines and everything. You get like three memes in that sequence too. You get a mine, a fool mine. of a took, and fly you fools, and shall not. You have like four memes yeah. there. So. They call it a mine. A mine. Oh, nice. I, I was thinking about this the whole time, uh, and to talk about a fantasy creature, dwarves. You know, I don't know if you've ever played as a dwarf in D anD D, Mike, but would you like to live mm-hmm. underground? Would you be okay with that? I was thinking about that while watching because they said it was a dwarf city. Yeah. I think that's a cool idea. I've always liked the idea of like a mining culture deep in the earth, getting ore and mm-hmm. living down there. It seems like they'd be pretty chill. It seems like mm-hmm. they also like to have a couple brewskis and hang out. And yeah, you know, I don't know. I, no sunlight. I've though. always favored <laughs> that's elves over dwarves personally, but that's more of a, just a personal choice. I think dwarves are cool. I just always will gravitate towards being an elf ranger because that's just I, I, I don't I think am. you're allowed to right, say Joe. which one is your favorite. I feel like that goes <laughs> against the entire point of the, you know, the book or whatever. I, I think I could live underground fine. I don't give what? a fuck. Yeah. I don't like being outside yeah, anyway, really. I, you gotta think though, that's just, like, that's just where they're from. It'd be like if like you know, you you went to Minneapolis and you were like, I I could never live in this place. <laughs> you, you, like, live you could live in twin we cities. Live. This is what we do. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, that's that's a very. Um, progressive and yeah. open way to That's look great. at it joe and i i feel bad for being slightly closed-minded about living underground <laughs> you're right what's normal for the spider is hell for the fly maybe it's just a matter of perspective yeah, there you right? go. <laughs> yeah. but i do love that so the effects seem to hold up too right I, everything in this movie oh, holds yeah. up right in my case joe do you, do you agree or disagree i, I didn't really notice anything no, I, egregious. the fact that it's 20 years later and they not only invented all this but it still looks like stuff that we've seen in the last two to three years from companies that have the same amount of money and weren't taking a gamble. Like, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Like the cave troll oh. looks better than stuff that's in Marvel movies totally. now. The cave troll looks really good. And if you think about the era that it was coming out in, again, the Phantom Menace and the Ballroom prequels, too. like the CG in this looks way better than pretty much anything that was coming out at that time, right? Oh, it- mm-hmm. Anything we said the computers they're using. Oh, here at Weta in New Zealand. Oh, we've got our our dial up modem, uh, you know, doing one frame a second rendering. (laughs) I hope nobody dials us up on the telly and interrupts our Internet service while we do it. I mean, it's 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 astounding. Mm hmm. Yeah, six weeks to rent it before we can watch. <laughs> I the can't bit. wait! Oh, it's a cave troll. Yeah. We did it. And the mix of practical with CG, I just thought it blended really well. Like the cave troll looks really good like it just holds up and when obviously Gollum was like the most advanced thing that anyone had ever seen at that point we'll get into that you know coming and up his look changes you know after yeah. this one but that that's for another a story for another time but I am impressed with the craft and I guess now to address something that came up in the intro it's like it feels to me very real a very livable world like it's high fantasy in the book but they've translated it in a way that makes it feel real yeah. joe do you buy these places is places that could have existed with culture and a history because when i go to moria i'm like dog there's 
this is yeah, a real there's place, shit to right? do here. Yeah, no, I I think the world building is second to none. And like you know, I mean, I I didn't read the books, but it seems like it was that way in the books as well. Like it seems like like Tolkien it was born in the wrong era almost. Like he like he'd be <laughs> developing the greatest video games or, or tabletop gaming oh, yeah. now <laughs> because that's really what is the, the thing that he was most into to begin with. But if he wasn't, you if he wasn't speak the making this in the fifties, then you know, fantasy as a genre would look yeah. completely different. Probably, yeah. Yeah, it is just. It's how do they do it? How do they let Peter Jackson do this? I don't know. Like, and how did he pull it off? And again, it's the passion from every department. I mean, costume, oh. set design. They use miniatures. Yeah. They, Mike, they do every trick in the book. There's an here. overhead in Mordor, in or in Saruman's part of Mordor, right? Isengard, oh, where we yeah. go down and we, we go into inside where the Urukai are being made. We see other orcs just like doing the industrialization. You see a practical tree get ripped and sort of people just cutting and cutting. Everyone is in heavy makeup. There's smoke everywhere. You know, it's a real set and there's steel and there's weapons and actual swords and stuff. And you just every second of it, you're just like, this is can you just even fucking imagine making this movie? It's just, it's, you're in yeah. a dream. Yeah. The mixture of techniques, you know, like I said, makeup effects, miniatures, green screen, force perspective. We touched on earlier. It's just like insane. And I, it's like a miracle. <laughs> this series to me is a miracle yeah. that nothing went wrong. I think so. More that or less. It's, it's, it's amazing that it all just worked out so well and not again, not to get, all like you know everything back in the day was better but like how many blockbuster movies now are just bad or even if they're not really bad they're just forgettable and they just don't yes. have any lasting impact and to the, to me that's like this movie still as good as it was when it came out and it holds up so well it's like what movies you know i you know i like mcu movies and everything but how many of them 20 years from now are going to be re-watching oh. and being like damn that's a good not movie, even you know? events you know my mom not going to these she doesn't like fantasy buying the enya soundtrack anyways because it's like this like iconic like new sound coming to the world jacob right. you said off pod merchandise spotlight you had a replica sting dagger just because it was a yeah. cool thing to have. Mm. I think I had a Fellowship of the Rings chess set or something that my dad bought on like fucking Sky Mall when it was just endless. Oh, do you want ring replicas? What if, would you like a, a, a paper opener that's actually, you know, it's actually Aragon's sword? Oh, actually, would you like the one that's Sting? Oh, would you like this? And just, right. you know, just, you, you even said with Phantom Menace, we were lucky to have that in our time. That's the last time up to this point where I remember adults going like, Oh, you know, they camped out to see the movie, a phenomenon you don't see anymore. They camped out to get tickets to see it. For Lord right. of the Rings, not only did they camp out, but like Joe said with the how many times you see it in theaters, that might have been the first time in my instance where people were uh, interviewed on the news. We got this local guy. He says, so, sir, how many times have you seen Fellowship of the Ring? I've seen it 50 times. I've, I've wasted my life. I've seen it 50 fucking <laughs> times and it's the best movie. You know, it's I'm dressing up like Frodo. I just remember as a kid being like, this is fucking nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, being someone who's seen this, you know, hundreds of times now, you know, 
I'm still finding new stuff in it, even though I've seen it so many times and like studied it. You know, it's like I, I just don't understand like stuff where Boromir picks up Narsil, you know, the, the sword of Isildur. Yeah. And he's like, oh, it's still sharp. And he, and he cuts oh, his finger. More than it's like, oh, that's now. showing that he's grabbed for power. He's not, you know, he's going to bleed for it. He's going to bleed in his pursuit for power. And that's what fucking wow. happens right. to him. What Even the, the stuff that I thought was boring as a kid, like the... My least favorite part as a kid was the relationship stuff with Arwen and Aragorn. Again, not a lot of female characters in this, unfortunately. A lot of that is um, some of the extended. Yeah, so they had to really beef up yeah. Arwen's role, and then you have Galadriel, obviously. But I always thought the love stuff was like really boring. But now I'm like, oh, it's like, you know, he's the you know heir of this king that you know Isildur, who was like the. the the weakness of men personified and he has to live with all this now. And then now, you know, Elrond's daughter, Arwen is in love with him and he's, you know, Elrond's conflicted about that and their relationship. And there's all this, no daughter of mine. Yeah. Is data <laughs> and Arwen's willing human, to right? give up her immortality, obviously to yeah, be with him. Like, like what? <laughs> just to piss off yeah. her dad, dude. Uh, but all that stuff kind of just went over my head at, when I was younger and I just appreciate it more now, I guess. Yeah, let's let's talk touch on that and some of the female characters too because there's not a ton yeah. unfortunately, but she gets her big heroic moment. She saves Frodo from the Black Riders. She crosses the river and, and gets and him into the elf territory him. so he can get yeah. cured. Yeah, very badass. And then she just stands on the <laughs> sidelines and doesn't do anything. Unfortunately, anymore. Yeah. just like the water magic is super cool. <laughs> Back to the campsite. It is when Frodo's stabbed. We're getting those big beautiful blue eyes popping. You know, she comes in speaking mm-hmm. elvish. You get these great gags of all the other hobbits going like, who's she? What's she saying? What's happening? What are they doing with Frodo? And when they're having their little conversation, like Jacob's saying, I'm not into the romance in this movie. I also don't think it's very good, but it is powerful for some reason. You're the better writer, but the writers are still out there. What if, what if they get you? Doesn't matter because we need to save Frodo. Takes off, does the water horse thing, mm-hmm. Mike. I mean, I'm, it, it still takes my breath away. Every time I see that effect, I'm like, it holds up. It's exciting. She gets the cool kill on these, like, unstoppable Terminators. I think it works. Yeah. Yep. Well, and, they, like, and there's even, like, yeah. well, they, they, like, exchange a touch on the horse. It's like a close-up of their hand. Like, it's subtle stuff it's that I didn't fancy. even notice yeah. watching it a hundred times. And again, you know, they're working yeah. from the source material, <laughs> having to beef up. Uh, unfortunately... You know, a sign of the times was written in, but there just wasn't a lot of female presence in the, and especially with the Hobbit, where they're even inventing female characters just to have them. Right? With, uh, uh, we'll get to that, but uh, Evangeline. Yeah, yeah, uh, but also. Oh, for the later obviously one. Obviously, yeah. also there's Galadriel, who is an awesome character, and I was as a kid, I was always like so freaked out by that one scene where she, you know, has her fucking freak out, and I'm like, holy shit! Uh, but. She's awesome. Kate Blanchett, love her, obviously, and uh, th- she nailed that role, obviously, too. It's the first thing you hear is her voice on the in the prologue here, and she crushes that. They tried Ian McKellen for it, and I think Elijah Wood, and they're like, nope, it's got to be her. Yeah. She's awesome. She, she's just I wish um, that was that the first so well. hour of the movie. Was just her the, narrating it all? <laughs> I wish the first hour of the movie was just her narrating, and we didn't get into the actual like story until it was the you know we'll be a fellowship then and and you can have my that's axe that's a wild and my sword. idea for a movie I you gotta see where frodo comes from kind of to, yes, it's, the, it's the crossing mm-hmm. of the threshold right I, that's that scene made me irrationally mad this time <laughs> when they stop and, and sam's like 
if I take another step, I've gone further than I ever had before. I was like, well, fuck it. You empathize with, like, the, with the fucking you the hobbits, man. You better not be eavesdropping out there. <laughs> I ain't dropping no eaves, sir. I swear. <laughs> yeah, Whatever yeah. dumb thing well, he says. Yeah, so one thing I is, noticed is that Rudy you should have heard this. Favorite? No. no. Rudy Hobbit's no. my favorite. <laughs> really? You I don't think he's anyone's Mike? favorite. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it throughout the trilogy, but Sam is like probably my wow. favorite character. Wow. Huh? In, in this series, yeah. So keep that in your hat as we go through these. And yeah, I'm going to Mordor alone, Corsair, and I'm coming right. with you. It, I'm it's a loyal friend. It's good. Marion Pippin, the one thing I realized mm-hmm. watching this time is that so much of the bad stuff that happens to them in this movie is because of Marion Pippin just being oh, idiots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. being there. Like, Why did my, you come your purpose? My other <laughs> big really? takeaway is that this fellowship is really bad at keeping the one dude safe they have to keep safe. Like, the whole time they're like, all <laughs> right, get stabbed we, we gotta twice protect Frodo. And it's like, all right, well, why is he, like, alone in the bar then? Why is he getting stabbed nonstop? Like, you guys are like, we gotta look out for our homie. And then just, like, he's the only one who's ever in any yeah. danger. By the way, ever Gordor keeps cornering him. Should we talk to him about that? No, no, it's <laughs> yeah, fine. No, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's really a good thing go. that Bilbo gave uh, him that Mithril shirt, because otherwise the movie would be over, because he would be mithril. dead. <laughs> right? Yeah, that was a nat 20, yeah. too. I like that they so explained he, that he the Mithrils come from the Mines of Mori and all that, like, so much detail that I missed as a kid that I'm kind of picking up on now. Sting. It glows yeah. blue when orcs are near. If only we could get a movie, a prequel that tells me the origin <laughs> of it. the shirt. <laughs> yeah, we'll get it. Um, yeah, any, how about this then? Yeah, any issues? Anything that was weird this time when you watched it again that maybe didn't work <laughs> as well? Or just the Galadriel moment still odd. scared me. Surely, do they meme that as much as they must? The Bilbo seeing the ring again when he's an old man, he does the spooky face for a moment. That, yeah. that really got me this it's time, like, Mike. Yeah. Galadriel scene always like stuck Elden out to ring me. Trailer. Yeah. But she's such an interesting character. She's like this, you know, royal person, but she has so much power that she could, you know, use it for. You know, she would try to do good, but she it would still be it would be beautiful and terrible, like she says, right? That's would, yes. Would I be a terrible queen? No, yeah. a beautiful one, <laughs> dark and menacing. And all would I was like, all would love me in despair. Queen. Yeah, Ooh, absolutely. That's what I was thinking. Absolutely, Kate Blanchett. Just, just narrate that's stuff. That's what I was thinking. Maybe we can get her on the uh, the Fiverr for the next yeah. intro. You know, <laughs> cameo uh, after Ian McKellen. Thank yeah. you, Ian. Yeah, she's really scary in that scene. But the whole the mirror, like we don't know what's in the mirror. It shows different people, different no shit. It just looks yeah. in your soul. Yeah, I like, said I this is spooky wall. It's made of glass. <laughs> I said this is Lewis thing earlier. There is that scene in uh, the Wine Witch of the Wardrobe where Santa Claus comes up and goes, "Here's the gifts I've gotten everyone." And what if you got a little bow? Like this, I was thinking at this moment where Galadriel's like, "Add Sam a rope, a super good rope," or she's just like going yeah, around like, like handing things. <laughs> To oh, you don't have any more of those yeah. fucking daggers, do you? Yeah, yeah, like, can I get, like, one of those, like, super weapons? Or you gave me one of those fucking pieces of bread I could eat for a year. I don't give a shit about this. Yeah. Again, the thing yeah, that, yeah. I, that looks stuck right. out to me in that scene, too, was uh, Gimli asking for her hair, oh, which is... Yeah. Can yes, I have some of your hair, please? Man, as you know, it's no nut November. <laughs> what I would really love. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Get out of here. Hey, that's funny. Yeah, because he, he, he at, the, at the council meeting, he's like, 
never trust an elf. I'm fucking racist right. against elves. Learn to not be racist. Yeah, she's so it's beautiful uh, that he's like, maybe I don't want to be racist anymore. All elves aren't bad when they're, when they're beautiful, I guess. <laughs> when they're hot, yeah. But we'll get there. He'll learn throughout the rest of these movies. His buddy, he'll learn with his yeah. buddy. Yeah. So then they kind of do this, the final act. We talked about Boromir, you know, they get to the woods and then Frodo decides, I'm getting out. I'm not going to stick around. It's too much trouble. Boromir keeps trying to take the ring. <laughs> These guys are not very good at being it's a true. fellowship. I almost I died. I, thank yeah. God for the bad shirt. guy for this movie is two thirds of it is the ring race, which is cool, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as a personified villain. And then for the last third, it's kind of the fellowship are their own villains right and that's kind of the weaker part of the movie because you really do see well, it's the corrupting influence yeah. of the ring right yeah and i think that's what boromir's main purpose is to be like a foil for aragorn where you see the two sides of man uh where you can fall to the weakness uh of the ring or you can rise above it like aragorn does right and, and yeah. sociopolitically what do you say jacob is that they're america or something right because obviously the hobbits are like the british countryside idealized mm. is, is sort of what jrr was going for mm-hmm. and then the men is maybe just any allied powers and there's kind of disparate yeah. factions of that I, I mean i think it's all based on you know obviously world war one and two england or Europe in general and the sociopolitical machinations of what was going on during that time. Right? Well, like when this was written yeah. post The Hobbit, it's like we've just fought Germany and now we're gearing up to again fight Germany. So it's like the specter of the same threat, the one ring Sauron, yeah. like it's it's he generational. Yeah, yeah, that kind of concept. Mm-hmm. And the fact that uh, it affects everyone, not just men, not just elves, dwarves. It, we need to solve this it's- for everyone, right? Yeah, and the elves are kind of like the, the you know, they're the kind of the race uh, that Tolkien kind of puts above everyone else. And you're like, uh, they're, they're like the best race, but uh, they basically distrust <laughs> everyone else now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because of, you know, prior weaknesses from men, they don't trust men at all. They don't like dwarves. So there's some, you know, 50s era racial stuff in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. But and in the fantasy context, the way the movie is presenting it, like it it it, it works. It doesn't feel gross or it, to me or anything. It's just yeah. like all right, you know, that's that's never trust an I, elf. It's I better guess better than the way the aliens were handled in uh, <laughs> you know the prequel series. So. Oh man, very true, right. very true. Um, well, if you look at it as you know, the orcs are like the uh, just like people the from Axis. other places that aren't Europe, oh. and it's like eh, if but, you do yeah. look that lens, it's pretty yeah, not not great. And the and dwarves encroaching are industrialization to the fact well, yeah, they're a, ripping up the forest. Nature versus, yeah, industrialization. Yeah. Obviously, well, bad the, guys should not hurt. They're hurting nature, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. ecology, big part of, of it. Uh, but the dwarves, obviously, in real life, were based on kind of the Jews of Europe and how they were kind of displaced and didn't really have anywhere to go. That, so oh, that's wild. That, wow. Yeah. Well, in, like in the Hobbit, yeah, like they, the they literally are displaced from their home. The, yeah. the mountain right, by the trying dragon. Trying to get it back. Yeah. That, okay, that is some good context for that. Yeah. Interesting. But didn't he use yeah. Hebrew as the basis for the dwarvish? Yeah, language? the way it looks. The language like, and oh. the culture of dwarf. 
the yeah. dwarfs was very That's based really on. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know cool. what the elves were. It's just the best of everything. Like they're the prettiest and they yeah. live the they're longest. Like, they're like they're England smart. that yeah. kind of is like above it, but then forced yeah. to be drawn into these conflicts of, of Germany and stuff maybe. Yeah. But that's maybe a, an, an analysis deeper than I can even get into. I just like sword fighting and goblins. Hey, <laughs> bow guy and, and the axe Side guy, the they're going to get along even though they don't, they don't like each other too much right now. Hey, like, oh, right. We're all going to learn something. Hey. Yep. But uh, yeah, Lurtz, the, the second villain, as Colin was leading up to, the main orc general. He's like not mm. from the book. It's just like we need... We need an antagonist. We need somebody. So we can end the movie. Because the book ends at the same part where Frodo leaves, Boromir dies, and then it's Mary and Pippin are kidnapped, right? So Well, the structure is kind of weird because you think of, you know, the Minds of Moria is like act two, right? Then they get the... Three hours in, yeah. Yeah. They shall, you know, you shall not pass. Gandalf sacrifices himself. Then they go to... Uh, you know, Galadriel, and that kind of feels like it's kind of winding down. But then you have this whole other scene uh, yeah. where the where the orcs attack. We should have a final um, action scene. You're like, we should, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, we can't just end on to, the gifts. To get everyone separated and to break up the fellowship. I think it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, they, they, I mean, if you look at Frodo's character arc throughout the entire series, he doesn't start until that moment where he's like. Hey, screw you guys. I'm going to go right. do this myself because I don't right. trust. That is the beginning of Frodo's real character arc. You're right. I like your take on Frodo, Joe, because it's like he doesn't want to do it. Then at the council meeting, everyone's arguing and he's like, finally, like, maybe I have to whatever. I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. And he's then, like, wow, you guys aren't going to do the right thing. I guess I have to. Right. And then finally, you said, like, this is the moment where he's taking agency, like, and I love, even if it's a joke, like, I am always almost dead next to you guys. Like, I'm just going to go do it myself. All right, fuck it. <laughs> you guys it. are really fucking bad at this. <laughs> and even Sam, who's like, I'm going to come with you. I'm your best friend. Like, I'm not abandoning you. He's really bad at it, too. I have to go back and, like, save you from drowning. Like, guys, <laughs> yeah. I'm Elijah Wood. I can't be the action star. That is not who Sam, I, am. I am at my core. Yeah, Sam literally right. doesn't know how to swim and walks into a lake. So, and not smart. But then you get my when they break up you get my favorite grouping of the three badasses going to hunt orc and yeah, dog. Mm-hmm. get mary and pippin back right yeah they that gotta find the, the princesses in another castle she's like where we're going which <laughs> yeah. is what i'm super excited it is about. very gandalf bizarre is gone yeah gandalf is gone you have the the D party going after princess in another castle mary and pippin and then it's just funny that it's like well frodo's leaving I guess we go get those other hobbits because we ain't got shit else to do. All right, you know. We just got to wait for him anyway. Fuck it. We said we were going to take a walk with that guy, and then we did not. One of us tried to kill him, and then we just let him go. Want to just murder some orcs? Yeah. Let's go. (laughs) I put on shoes today. In the way that I said at the start of this, you know, this is what I'm going to have to get through. The second it was over, I was like, man, why can't I fucking watch every one of these right now? I just want to turn the next <laughs> right, one on right. immediately. Yeah. Are these Thanksgiving movies, too? It's, it is it was so cozy. I had a big smile on my face, and I end up quoting lines as I'm watching. I'm watching it alone like a crazy person, like saying Feels like <laughs> shit. But yeah, it always kind of yeah, comes uh, out. Are around. they Thanksgiving movies? I think that is a, a very fair A goblet of question. cider. Because that is how I, I think of them. Mm-hmm. So I think, that, I mean, that's why we do these series at this time, right? Yeah. This is always how we cap the year Winter for normies like us. Movie. We take a, a franchise and we tear it down because odds are you're 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 going to watch these or you're thinking about maybe watching these this year. So why not watch yeah. them with us? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And obviously, you know, last year we did Harry Potter kind of coming out at the same time. They're kind of competing against each other. I see them as very different. You know, I see these movies, it's like real films, whereas I see Harry yeah. Potter as more just Prestige. adaptations of the books to me. But okay. uh, I like both, but I obviously, I but would pick Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I mean, to me, they're, they're passable adaptations, but I wouldn't consider them, like, I wouldn't give Best Picture Oscar to you know, the chamber of the secrets or whatever. Nope. Right, right. Well, how about this then? Let's speak friend and enter uh, into our final thoughts right after this, as we've uh, gotten to the end of the fellowship of the ring coming up next. Fool of a duck. We're back, wrapping things up here, talking Fellowship of the Rings as we dived into our first entry into Lord of the Rings, as we're going to do for a couple months here, moving forward, talking J.R.R. Tolkien's masterpiece series. Um, and Peter Jackson's masterpiece here, series. And Peter Jackson's masterpiece series. Uh, that had some pretty good video games. I don't know if you guys recall. Oh, I was yeah. super oh, yeah, into, um, you know, it, it was like my younger stepbrother would come over. And if we were doing a boys night, I don't know why we didn't just buy the game. But we would rent these motherfuckers and just all three of them and like just try to do them in a row. And I'll say, get progressively better. We're starting with the worst one here. I'm going to mm. have a lot of things to say about Return of the King by the time we get to that fucking masterpiece. But I, I played the shit out of these on uh, PlayStation. I think I remember the Two Towers one. Is that the one where you play as Aragorn or is that all of them? Well, well, in all of them, I think you do. <laughs> Let me ask you even this, Jacob. Was this one where you got like a game demo disc from like a, a video game magazine? For some reason, I, I feel like I had a demo mm. disc for this oh, one that yeah. I would just yeah. play a lot. And there was even an additional game that they put out just because the, you know, the orc style of herds that they had done was so popular. They put out another game that was like, hey, it's more Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Right. Well, they have the the Shadow of War uh, I've never series that came later. Has anybody done one of those? Would that be I a have, good yeah. game? For are they good? I've not played them. They're, yeah, they're are interesting. You like the Witchers? Are they kind of like The Witcher? Kind of, but not really. But they they really lean into the uh, like you have different orcs. They're like nem- the Nemesis system, I think it's called, where you have specific oh, different characters yeah. that grow and change over time that are like your different like enemies. Their They'll remember you yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Got it. Um, That's cool. Yeah, I don't remember it too well. It's it's all right. It's a okay game. It's not great. And they even came up with like a Hobbit game around this time, like unrelated just because Tolkien licensed fucking do it. You know, it wasn't even, you know, there right. was no Hobbit movie at that point. So it, the the mania arrived fast and fierce and it took over everything. Yeah. So here's my f- question before we do final thoughts. Since everyone knows all the, f- the filmmaking secrets, do you have one fun fact about this film that you would pick one that you would like to share? I will start <laughs> when Frodo jumps across the river to get on the boat uh, running from the ring race to get on the ferry. He got a giant splinter in his foot when he jumped and landed, and it was very painful. Oh, that's terrible. Mm. All right, that's mine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna to do two fun ones okay. that I just always remember hearing nonstop. But you don't get to do one for two Shh. towers. You're, you're, you're <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You can have my fun fact for this okay. one. Oh, thank you, John. Thank you, John. Very kind of you. Sean Bean 
does not fly, scared to fly, he would hike mm. to all the locations, film and then hike down. Oh, so man. I just wow. think that's the coolest thing ever. All recorded dialogue that you're hearing in the film, in the comment, or they used to say, in the commentaries they confirmed differently, they used to say 90% of the movie was ADR because they just lost it all on location. Now they've said in the commentaries, 100% of the film is ADR. Wow. So think about wow. that going forward, too. That's just an interesting thing, right? 100%? That's 100% crazy. 100% of the film. That's crazy. Wow. Didn't know that. Um, I couldn't tell. I want to... Okay. Since I won't be here next week, oh. unfortunately, to talk about Two Towers, I'll be lost in the minds of Moria. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want to use mine proactively about two towers okay. and just say the one that we all know uh vigo mortensen when he kicks the thing in that one scene he actually breaks his toe in that scene and that's the cut they use and that's when he yells uh, in uh, agony yeah. yeah and for the rest it's, of the fucking movie acting. he's like busted up and hurt he's like in like a fake little cast that he's just like walking around uh, that's terrible yeah so i had to get that out because i'm not going to be here next week i gotta sacrifice myself so that you guys can keep going oh man uh, I was, but maybe i'll be resurrected as jacob the white <laughs> if you came back i was gonna ask <laughs> oh, you oh, back. i thought you were a bow guy i was gonna ask you what your elf eyes see <laughs> next time but yeah, yeah. right see. jacob of the, the many colors jacob and the technicolor Jacket. Dream code. code. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh I don't have a fun fact. Uh, I'll just keep my yeah, final thoughts. Go for it. Uh, I was unexpectedly excited to watch this movie. Hmm. Uh, I was not looking forward to this at all. I was really kind of dreading that we were doing this. Um, and Fellowship, like, I don't know, it just left a good taste in my mouth. I am hmm. excited to go back. I, I had to ignore the urge to immediately put on Two Towers, which. I yeah. think, if I remember correctly, is my favorite. But again, who knows? Because mm-hmm. half the shit that happens in this movie, I thought happened in the next one. So maybe this one was my favorite. Do you have a pretty good image in your mind, Joe, of what Smeagol Gollum looks like? And do you think he's going to hold up in the next one? I think he, I have a really good image of just him, like the intense close up <laughs> of him eating the fish that really fucking <laughs> burns me out. Uh, yeah. So I think he, I think he will hold up. I think, you know, the, the biggest scene for me in this one was literally, like, them looking down at Gabe and be like, hey, that guy's following us, and getting up being like, man, who cares? He's kind of, he's kind of messed up. They have up. no mind. They have no mind. Yeah. I, I yeah. really wish I could just get Joe's, like, play-by-play as he's watching the movie. I, I think he has the most fun uh, interpretation. This fucking guy's yeah. over here. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, they're, <laughs> they're, like, eat, eating s'mores and telling cam stories and just being bros that's and dudes. Uh, that's and one of them looks down and is like, hey, uh, this little thing's, like, crawling around. <laughs> and Gandalf's just like, no, dog, tracking the ring. Don't worry about yeah, it. Take, yeah. take a hit of this and, uh, and everything's going to be fine. Take oh, a hit of this. Gandalf's nah, terrible. Man, you ain't smoked enough. Uh, no, you didn't, you didn't see what you think you saw. You did not see. It's good pipe weed, bro. <laughs> well, I'm very excited to immediately watch Two Towers this week. Yeah, you're going to watch it anyway, uh, even though you won't be here. But, yeah, um, I'll watch it for sure. What are your thoughts then, then uh, Fellowship? I love it. I thought, you know, didn't used to think it was my favorite. And maybe once I watch the other ones, it won't be. But I thought as a self-contained movie, I think it works the best. Again, because it has the structure of the Fellowship uh and you know i just love it it's just guys bonding and it's just a real guys bonding movie so you gotta appreciate that <laughs> yep and yeah, uh man. yeah it's great colin how about you yeah i yeah yeah i you know <laughs> just even the the vigor 
I'm going to get of just like, now that we've done this, just talking to people and being like, you know, I watched Lord of the Rings the other day. You know, when was the last time you watched it? Oh, I haven't done that in a while. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I did. Yeah. We were just talking all about it. Have you seen the special features too? Have you got, and you know, just that, that energy I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I loved it. I think HBO Max is great. I, I think it's really cool that they have both versions of each. Yeah. Very searchable. All the Hobbit movies. I told you guys I watched the trailer too. It has Don DeMello or whatever that guy's name is, the trailer guy, comes in. He's like, "What? There was a Lord of the Ring." Like he like sets it up like so crazy. There's like special effects that aren't in the movie that are just like flames coming up of a ring and them going yeah. like. Whoosh. It's like it's right. so extreme. Very 2001. Um, very 2001. You know. Like, Spider-Man's coming out around this time. Fucking 9-11, sadly. Um, it was just, it was such a, it was just a wild time in my life. And these movies are, are just what I remember so vividly and so clearly the most out of all those times, oddly enough. Yeah. Again, I've said it. We're lucky to grow up in those times. Not to, again, not to be like, everything was better when we were kids, but kind of was. So, <laughs> I mean, movies... Better than uh, it is now. Let's, let's put it that way. It wasn't yeah. that great. There was 9-11, a housing crisis. It's all the same thing. All right, we guys. think things are so great now. Much. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Rugrats was on TV, though. Yeah. 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 I, I, just I in the terms of media, you don't get, uh, you know, just... Blockbusters, maybe I'm getting old, but work. blockbusters just but don't just feel that no matter as big of a deal what anymore. my mom was going to say, like if she even just in her mind for a second thought this was like a nerdy thing we were all doing, when it came around to February and it was Oscar season, and these films were just across the board nominated. It was just undeniable. It only wins three, we should say, but it's nominated for... Best picture, yeah, best director, best supporting actor, writing. It only wins score, it wins makeup, and it Our wins shore. cinematography. And yeah. deservedly so. And you know, it, it looks amazing. Yeah, Jacob, you said yeah. it. Howard Shore. We have not said his name yet on the podcast. What brilliant. What a goat. What what a, what a score. Goat. It's just as good as Star Wars or Jaws or Harry it's Potter. So fancy, it's not better. Though. Yeah. I think John Williams is the ultimate goat just from the number of iconic scores he's done. But Howard Shore for this, he's not like the goat, but it's like this score. It's like yeah. it's for he's all the movies. Goat. Yeah, he's all goat. He's yeah. a goat, goat who goat. lives in the Shire. I could, yeah. yeah, I mean the mu- music makes so many scenes, and yeah. it would have been so different with like a different score. And they they just nailed it. Yeah, and, and like uh, I said, getting Enya and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's you guys aren't watching the Evanescence cut where they just replace all the music with <laughs> oh man and, but, but well, here's the thing again, to say the high fantasy of it all you know you guys perfectly explain low fantasy up top I love what you guys said about Game of Thrones and stuff and Game of Thrones somebody could come up to you and say you're a cunt you know or you're mm-hmm. a fucking asshole and show you their dick and be like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right. but in these <laughs> movies it's like everything is delicate everything is artisanal it's mm. so handmade it's the highest form of language score you know it's like somebody was going to yell at you they would say it in 30 words as classy as they fucking yeah. could mm-hmm. and you just everyone is taking it so serious like we said and it's handled with such an earnest honest tone to that which i really do think is the source material it's coming from because J.R. tolkien loved all that shit so much oh yeah that is the secret to success made up multiple languages quenya sindarin you know, two two different elven languages. That's insane. Yeah, but wow. I didn't even know what their names were. Stephen Colbert is very proud <laughs> no. of you right now. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, not even to get into all the, you know, the Valor and yeah. Melkor, who was like the bad guy before Sauron and all that crap. I mean, there like, was an entire just, group of Balrogs at one point. So, so that's, yeah. that's something really in this second there. But uh, like Colin said, everybody coming together, and I kind of mentioned in the beginning the passion for this. And when I watched it again this time, it's more impressive to me than watching the original Star Wars. I don't know if that's a hot take, but I'm more impressed by what they pulled off from the score, costuming, miniatures, all the techniques. Mm. Star Wars pioneered that. This is like the apex, the you know, the highest achievement of that. This whole series, yeah. really. And so then the question is, this is this the best book adaptation? I say yes, the series as a whole. Mm. But we'll we'll see. My brother, having just read these books, says that, you know, Colin, what I was so impressed watching it recently was, is that not only are they lifting, you know, direct quotes and lines, but they're moving the material around in a way that it doesn't hurt the storytelling, it accentuates it, and allows the viewer to absorb it more clearly. In that sense, I do think it is a masterpiece adaptation work. Yeah, it, it keeps as much source so. intact as possible, and... um yeah. And what and what Peter Jackson did to kind of pare it down and say, okay, we're going to focus on the Frodo point of view. Frodo is the you know POV main character, and everything else kind of builds off of that. And that was like the, I, I think the best way you could have done it, especially cinematically, um, right? We need we need a character yeah. to latch on to, and it's he's our like the yeah the closest thing I could think of in in contemporary times is Game of Thrones. You know, I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. Obviously, they uh, blew the ending, so I'm not going to say that's a better adaptation. I'm a huge fan of the Game of Thrones books, and I think they did a very solid job, especially in the early seasons, but couldn't follow through. And uh, yeah, so got to give it to Lord of the Rings. Hey, is it worth mentioning that that Amazon series that's coming up? Do we know anything? Is that just going to be a rehash of these sort of? No, no, not at all. It's going to be a different story it's going to be based on more of the Silmarillion it's going to be a different okay. era I'm pretty sure so it's not going to be at all it might be this story yeah the earlier but what, what I I heard is they want to be more Game of Thronesy, which might be alarming and I, I allegedly mm. they hired a relationship and intimacy coach for the actors so maybe there'll be mm. sex scenes which I don't want in my Lord of the Rings show right but it's time will well, tell well, it's too classy but they just yeah kiss. I'm not 100% <laughs> Lord of the but Rings I think it's sexy. more based on the second era which is like the Isildur type of stuff I could be totally wrong now. oh okay yeah That's interesting. so it's gonna be sort of a prequel to everything that happened yeah. in this well, we'll have to this see how that This movie franchise out. has a good history with prequels too, right? Yes, very. just like Star Wars. It's very good. Um, Everybody loves prequels. If there's one thing people love, it's seeing what happened before the thing they like. Uh, yes, yes. We could see Frodo as a baby with any luck. Um, I don't know how I got them dice. <laughs> exactly. That shirt and that ring, where'd you get that? Smeagol, um, a Lord of the Rings story, will we get that standalone oh, one spin-off? Just him as a human for two-thirds of the movie. <laughs> yeah. All you need yeah. is that one scene. Yep. But, right? um, yeah, I guess that's kind of my, my final thoughts. I love it. I'm looking forward. I don't know what my favorite is. Back in the day, it was always Two Towers. I think this is really strong. This wow. is the one that I think I can just throw on because it's so cozy. The beginning's so slow. You just kind of wraps you in a blanket and then the story happens two towers is a little quicker but we'll see this is kind of yeah this is kind of blowing my mind because as a kid i always thought two towers was my least favorite and you guys liked it more but i mm-hmm. just you know i can't think of what, what really one happens has helms in that one. deep two towers 
I thought that Two was That's my favorite one. Yeah. Yeah. The battle in Return of the my King is better of, than. My no, memory of Two Towers is two hours in a trench. Yeah, I don't know and if it's that's awesome. Right that's the just rain. Side, yeah. That's all I <laughs> yeah. remember. Yeah, and there's a spider. I, I don't know. We'll get yeah, to we'll it. Get yeah, to Return of the King, isn't it? Yeah, and last no, this spider oh, is there. It? I don't we'll find out. I guess. Um, <laughs> I guess for the adaptation, last point on that. Game of Thrones did a good job, right? But Lord of the Rings. The only more difficult book to try to adapt would be like the Bible, right? You know what I mean? Like it's the hardest one yeah. to take on and they knocked it out of the park. So that's why it's just like even Harry Potter, it's not even if they made a perfect Harry Potter movie, it wouldn't be as big of an accomplishment as these Lord of the Rings films. Yeah. Based on I think the sci-fi equivalent is Dune, which for a long time people thought was un- unadaptable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I hope to talk about that. In Dunuary, like I said, yeah, I, I like that you're just Dune naming it Dunuary. <laughs> we haven't had a vote yeah, yeah. yet, but yeah, we'll no, we're gonna do one episode in January, and that's it. Yeah, yeah one episode dude. on the David Lynch version, oh, one episode geez. on the. Uh, oh yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the, it's it's yeah. time to say goodbye. <laughs> Don't hold us to it. That's so. what that means. Yeah, yeah, no Dune, just Mount Doom is what we're talking. And that's where we're heading in the future. One episode on Jodorowsky's Dune <laughs> that never got made. Yeah, we'll do it. Don't right. worry, guys. <clears throat> One uh, one to rule them all. So that's going to do it. Fellowship of the Ring. I want to thank my fellowship. You guys for joining me on this uh, podcast. I was really excited, Joe. Thanks for sticking it out and watching it. I hope you enjoy uh, the coming films uh, more. And uh, I'm glad that it turned out to be all right for you. I think these are yeah, a great suggestion, Mike. Um, normies, hit us up. You know where. Hit up the socials at normies underscore like underscore us. Watch our YouTube, comment, like, like, subscribe, share, (laughs) all that stuff. Um, Hit us up with your Lord of the Rings take. If you listen to these on audiobook or something, if you've got an edition that you like, if you've got some crazy story of your parents setting up the surround sound system, let us know. Hit us up there. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks again. Yeah, that's it. Colin, sorry to quit. your house. (laughs) Now, this is uh, Pip Colin. Uh, I'll be, uh, I don't want to be, I'm just Mike a Hobbit. Just, (laughs) that's all. (laughs) I don't want to be sore on the way. Jobo Baggins. (laughs) And this is Jake Olas. I pledge you my bow. And my axe. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Someone had to do it. All right. See you next time, Normies. Bye. 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 Keep it secret. Keep it safe. My name is Gandalf the Grey. And I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks. And we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools.